All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Filling Station podcast. Again, this is the missions podcast for people that haven't found their particular mission within the Great Commission. And for this episode, we have a very interesting conversation to have because we are going to be talking to Ann Jetson, who I also went to missionary school with out in the Midwest. And so she's going to be talking to us all about her ministry in Mexico and the mobilization ministry that she was able to take part in down there. Anne was at the training center for two years, and she actually married my roommate. And so she she has a, a new perspective that probably some of you have never heard of before. So even if you have been going to church your whole life, and you are very familiar with the Great Commission, with with overseas missions, with local missions, you might you probably don't have any idea what we're about to talk about on this podcast today. And I too am actually probably going to learn a lot through this interview because she's going to be talking about how she got involved in the Great Commission by helping mobilize new missionaries to the field and in the process was mobilized herself. So, uh, Anne, thank you for coming on the show. And I'm really excited about this conversation we're about to have. Thanks, man. So happy to be here. Absolutely. So what I like to do at the beginning of these episodes is just try to give people, uh, basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people see how all of these people that got mobilized or had a desire to want to become a part of the Great Commission, how did their story take them from somebody who was a follower of Christ or before they were even maybe against Christ, and then eventually they became a Christian and they became a, a follower of Jesus Christ? How did their story go from having more of an inward perspective of, you know, I have this hope of Jesus Christ in my life. I, I, I want to follow him. I want to read my Bible. I want to pray. How did that go from sort of that, you know, I want to follow Christ to I want other people to follow Christ as well. And so if you could just kind of, just kind of give us the, the story of your life of how you got involved with missions. Yeah. So great question. I, I'm really thankful that I was raised by parents who um, not only taught me about the Lord, but also really had a, not a worldly mindset, but a mindset that considered a lot the needs of the world. And we would read missionary biographies growing up and got those Voice of the Martyrs magazines and was pretty aware of the persecuted church growing up. So really thankful for how God used that in my life to broaden my horizons knowing that not everyone's life in the world looked like mine growing up in this like really comfortable middle-class home in the middle of like America, you know, Mm -hmm. it's different Mm -hmm. all over the world. So yeah, so that was probably a really big factor. When I was eight, I remember having some pretty serious conversations with my dad one time and Um, just learning more about the persecuted church and hearing the story about a woman who had her nails ripped out for her faith. And that just like wrecked me. And I remember leaving the kitchen, like crying, yelling at my dad, like, I don't want to hear this. Like it was so intense for like a young girl. And he was like, Becca, just because you ignore the problem doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I think that that idea has really stuck with me that, we can't just ignore what's going on in the world. We have to be engaged and we have even an obligation to, as we'll get into more later from the word of God, we see that's necessary. So 
Anyways, when I was 12, my church took a short-term missions trip to Tijuana, Mexico, and they get you there by <laughs> telling you that you're there for like a house building ministry. Okay. Um, so you're there for a week and what it looks like is just going out every day into the community and being able to meet a real physical need that these people have. It really is um, a big blessing and helpful. But while they have you there at this particular mission that we were at, to clarify, there are a lot of um, house building organizations down there in Tijuana. There's a lot of Poverty, people coming up from all over Latin America and southern Mexico hoping to find more jobs there or to cross the border. And so there's just so many people there that are not from there that don't have any resources. So there's a lot of people that have house building ministries down there. But the emphasis on the one that we've been a part of was really on unreached people groups and wanting to mobilize people while they're there. So taking it from, okay, we see the poverty here, but let's talk about spiritual poverty and let's talk about 6,000 people groups that don't have the gospel at all. Mm -hmm. So the first time I went there, I was 12, and the Lord really used that to just kind of slap me in the face. Like, whoa, are you kidding me? Like 6,000 different languages have like no clue who Jesus Christ is. Like, holy smokes, that is ridiculous. (laughs) And so I was like, well, I'm young, clearly, 12 years old, old. and (laughs) single, again, 12 years old, and healthy, so there's no reason that I can't be a part of this. And so from there, my life has been moving in this direction and trusting the Lord for for that, and he hasn't closed any doors yet, but keeps opening them, so So, that's what we're going for. So so basically, would you say that kind of that initial... I don't know what you say, calling or just that initial desire to think maybe I could be a part of this uh, world missions movement of getting the gospel to people that don't have access to it yet. You were you were all the way back at 12 years old? Yes, definitely. Wow. And so take us from you being a 12-year-old to kind of that progression of, okay, I realize the need of, like you said, there's like tons of people groups out there that are just like located in all these different countries around the world that have mm-hmm. no access to the word of God. They have no access to a church. Like if you think about the church that you go to every Sunday, right? There, you know, you're, you're hearing people preaching out of the word of God, teaching you Bible passages, you know, that can encourage you and motivate you, give you hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's all these people that didn't, that don't know about that currently. And so can you kind of walk us through that progression of, you know, you're a 12 year old and then I'm going to start going overseas to, to be a part of this. Yeah, so just kind of continued on in the regular junior high, high school things. Um, We went with my church group again, and my dad had gone on these trips also. And when I was 16, my parents were actually offered a position at that mobilization ministry. They also have a big heart for the world, and the director offered them a position, and they took it. So when I was 16, we moved down to Tijuana, Mexico, actually. Um, which I was thrilled about because I was like, okay, we're finally like doing something. We're like getting involved and serving people who need the Lord. And yeah, so we did that. And I lived in Tijuana, finished up high school there. Then I went to Bible school. After that, at 19, did that for two years, went back to my home church for two years and really just wanted to have a solid connection with my home church and to 
invest in them and to really build that relationship up and did that for two years. And then in 2019, moved to the training center where I met your super cute roommate and that worked (laughs) out very well. (laughs) That is true. So, but anyway, so yeah, so y'all's paths kind of met together at that point. And then now you're both sort of moving overseas, actually doing overseas ministry, uh, taking that to more of a church planning contest context right now. Right. So that's interesting because, so you started out doing a more of a mobilization ministry uh, down in Tijuana, but now you kind of were mobilized yourself to take the gospel and do more of a church planning role to these people, people groups that, that don't have the gospel yet. Yeah, definitely. There were so many different speakers that would come in my time there for short-term trips. And then when we lived there as a staff kid, and then also as an intern. So I've had a lot of different ties with this organization. We would have a lot of different missionaries come and speak and just talk about like, man, the Great Commission. And what does that really mean? And how are you, person sitting right in front of me, how are you responsible for that? And how are you taking of this task that the Lord Jesus has left for us, um, that he's entrusted us to make disciples of all nations. And yeah, it was really challenging. And of course, they shared lots of stories about crazy urban settings or really like tropical jungly places and all these sorts of places like, man, basically anywhere you can imagine that there is probably a people group there that has their own language and culture and they have no clue who Jesus Christ is. So yeah, it was really cool to be a part of that and see so many people's lives affected with that really challenged like, hey, maybe God really can use my life to do something big, not because I'm big, but because he's, because he's big and he is like the best at using regular Joe Schmoes and doing something incredible through them. Well, that was good. So that brings me to kind of uh, what I asked Corey a couple episodes back. This was like the i think it was the march release but i was asking her you know for the people that listen to this podcast they're already christians uh or at least that's who it's geared towards and it's geared towards people that are already even pro missions like they're not against the gospel getting out to (laughs) these last people groups of the world but this is also geared towards people that you know they just haven't found where they fit into this thing that we call the great commission yet uh, or they haven't found where they fit into going overseas to, you know, give access to these people that haven't heard the gospel yet. And so do you have any, you know, word of uh, encouragement or word of admonition towards someone who's, you know, they're already pro missions, but they just haven't, they just haven't taken that next step, maybe even a leap in their mind of saying, okay, I'm going to go and do this ministry right here i'm going to go overseas to do this uh missionary trip over here like what would you say to that person yeah i would just want to remind you as a brother or sister in the lord that god is trustworthy we can trust him with with the big things the scary things the things that seem way over our head or outside of our comfort zone We can trust him with those things. And as we look to the word, we see story after story of someone lacking faith, someone being scared and yet asking the Lord for help and he provides strength and then crazy things happen. And so 
man, as you look to the word and you see God's heart for the world and you see um, the need of the lost world that we live in, ask the Lord, like be brave and pray big prayers. Like ask him how you can be involved. Ask him what it would mean for you to start praying for an unreached people group, like maybe like research in or like go to your missions pastor and ask him about the different missionaries that are in your church. Or there's so many different opportunities that we have. Or maybe even if you'd want to go to a mobilization ministry in Tijuana, Mexico, you just contact Jay Wesley and he'll (laughs) contact you with me because man, it's really is helpful to get a real look at poverty and kind of experience that and see what life is like and gives you a good picture of what spiritual poverty is like too. But yeah, the big thing is trust the Lord. It's not like he is asking us to think of how, man, how does God want to use me? Like I need to think of something really creative here or man, I'm just an accountant. I don't know what I can do. Or I'm like a stay at home mom with like my three little kiddos. Like, I don't know. I probably can't do anything. I'll try to think of something like, no, God is the one who, has designed his body, the church. He's the one who is building his church and we're just like blessed to be involved. So just ask him. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, that is uh, a really important part that I think is easy to overlook. You know, it's easy to just think like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be involved. So just go, just do something. Uh, Or even like talk to another human before you talk to God, because, you know, it's easy to just look at somebody as like, oh, they're really wise. They would be able to tell me where they think I should go. But when you actually start praying to God, you start, you know, realizing the things that he's placed in you. Uh, and then, you know, I through his Holy Spirit can actually lead you along into where he thinks he, he, you would, he would have you uh, to be in a part of this Great Commission. You know, something I'd like to clarify um, and just touch on a little bit. I do think it's incredible how God uses us and like the gifts he's given us, but also... I just want to say, like, I do not feel called to live in the jungle. I do not want to live in that humidity with all them bugs and all them snakes and all those weird diseases and like raising my kids, <laughs> living in this crazy situation. And yet that's what we're trusting God with. Like, what's what we're moving towards. And that's where we feel like he's going to have us serve. So I just want to clarify for anyone who's feeling like, man, I could never do what you're doing to go and like live in like a primitive people group like no way I feel like I can't do it either and here's the deal I'm not going tomorrow like we are moving next year as you know Jay um and we're raising support now but I know that God prepares us for just the next step he's not preparing us for 20 steps right like a way ahead right now he's preparing us to like speak to the youth group and talk to churches and to talk to people and to share about our ministry and to try to get people excited about what God is doing among the unreached. And by the time we actually move to Brazil, then he'll provide the strength. And once we get there, then he'll help us figure it out. But it's not like, man, I don't have the gift of like living in the jungle. Well, I think most people who have lived in the first world do not have that gift because (laughs) we live pretty comfy here in the U.S. and it is definitely different. There you go. Well, you heard it straight from Anne. And it's true for me, too. I could speak to that is that, you know, I was very scared of doing the support raising side of things. Um, I always have traveled, so I've done that many times. But the thing that really scared me about going overseas to be a missionary was just the support raising side of things. I was like, Mm. there's no way that a guy like me is going to have people that want to like 
donate monthly to uh, my ministry. Um, but it was like, it only took like really basically like four months before most of it was already done. It was so fast. And it was, just, yeah, it was just crazy to see that there was so many people that were like, yeah, we want to get the gospel out to these people that don't have any access to it. That's what we're trying to do. And it's like, oh, wait, this is about God's work, not about me. Exactly. Wow. And so that's that was a that was a huge uh, this whole last 2021. I would say that's probably, if not the biggest thing, like definitely one of the biggest things that I've learned this past year was just like stop doubting God mm. of, you know, stop thinking that he is not going to provide for me in whatever way. Or, uh, you know, I was uh, on the other episode, I was talking about how I didn't think that I could get a prayer team established to right. be praying for different things. So, yeah, completely agree that, you know, it's all about trusting God. And even when there's something that you don't feel like you could do, it's absolutely, you know, you're absolutely able to do it. So through the power of God, Definitely. not on your own strength, but yep. because of Christ's strength. And so that leads us into this last little part of the episode, because what this podcast is about is shining a light on all the last either ministries or missions that are inside of the Great Commission. And so with this last little portion here, I was hoping that uh, Anne could kind of illuminate or shine a light on this area of ministry or missions that she was involved with uh, down in Tijuana. And so if you've tuned in this podcast, you were probably tuning in because you were interested in hearing about what this mobilization ministry looks like down there. So, and if you could just kind of sketch this out for us, because we, I kind of get most of it, but even, I think even I'm going to learn a little bit through this. Uh, so basically, so if I just lay this out, it's like somebody wants to be involved in the Great Commission. Uh, they're a Christian, they're super pro missions, and they want to get involved. And this episode could be the one that, that pushes them into uh, getting involved in Mexico or getting involved in, in the cross-cultural mobilization mission that you were doing down there and so kind of give people a visual as to if they were to get involved with that you know what would that actually look like and with their life oh man first of all i'd say that is the coolest thing ever and you totally should come down because that'd be awesome there you go be so cool (laughs) and she knows people i think right yeah Yeah, yep i know the people um down there so there you go yeah so what it looks like so in tijuana right across from san diego so sometimes people come down for like a day or a weekend but most of the time it's like week-long trips um that people will come down and often it's like a youth group or a college group but there's like a mix of age ranges in there too Uh and so you're staying in these dorms and you're in like the tijuana in like the middle of tijuana right like not by downtown but you're down there and every day you're getting up and having your quiet time and having breakfast and then going up and hearing some like awesome speaker who has like tons of experience overseas and who's bringing the word of God hard, really challenging you to think about what you could trust God for, to think about how you're using your life and the really highlighting the fact, reminding us that we only have one life just one and it's going to be over before we know it so are we really investing in things that are eternal are we really having that big picture for our life or are we distracted by the temporal stuff like the american dream and money and all those things that easily get us caught up so really challenging message in the morning and then like again there is like a big felt need for 
for homes. Often um, the government will give small parcels of land to people, but if they don't build on them within a certain amount of time, then they'll take them away. So you see a lot of like shacks and man, just like really like 10 foot by 10 foot, like homes built out of trash, like just the poverty. It's like insane. Mm -hmm. So what this ministry, this mission does is people come from all over the city and are like, hey, I need a house. And so there's like, of course, a vetting process. And so people in the office are Mexican nationals uh, that are Christians. And so they're able to kind of get to know them and um, spend some time with them, get them connected with a local church if they need that, which is really cool. Um, so then you're as like as a group member, like the camper or whatever, you go and go out for the day and you're in some like random neighborhood and you spend the day building a simple home, a 12 by 12 or 12 by 16 room out of like two by fours and OSB. And they're like interns. Like Now, would this be only people that are a certain age or what would um, be the age kind of age range to? I think 16 is like the youngest age. But like if you're, well, but you can be younger if like special circumstance, if your parents, like if your there, parents there or involved. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, what is the oldest that somebody could be involved with this. this oh, I mean, there were people that went on my trip that were like 65, 70. Oh, like if you're physically, it's like if you're physically capable, you know, okay. and it's a construction thing. But obviously, I was a 12 year old girl and still went. So it's incredible. It's not that hard. They can make it work with like, even if it's a bunch of like junior high girls, you know, they still make it work. So gotcha. Okay. So, so the physical aspect isn't like that intense. So you spend the day building the house, kind of getting to know the family and they'll provide lunch and they provide the floor, concrete slab. So they're like invested in it too. Who's invested in it? So, oh, sorry. The family we're building for. Oh, okay. So the family we're building for um, provides the concrete slab. Then we build the 12 by 12 or 12 by 16 house with them. Often the family will want to help or, and they'll provide lunch for the group too. It's like the best Mexican food of your life. Like, Man, nice. they just are so hospitable. That'd be worth it right there. Just for the food, honestly, that should motivate you to come on down because it is nuts. It's so good. Um, so you spend the day doing that and then get some tacos for dinner and yeah, back on to the house to do some team building stuff or a couple of nights they'll have another speaker too. And it's a really great time and it's really so bonding to for the teams there to just experience that together to serve like that together to be challenged from the word together and um yeah i made some really deep friendships with people there and i'm still friends with them and that our friend like years later like 13 years later our friendship sprung out of that trip together so gotcha so there's basically like two ways you could get involved with this like you could either do this as your long-term um ministry like you would go down there as kind of the missionaries that are there long term, right? And then you could also come down there for the actual program that you're there for, right? Yep. Like your parents, they were there long term. Yep. Uh, and they like were there to staff. Yeah, like help to facilitate these teams coming down. Definitely. To help with the teams and try to be mobilized. Or yeah, they were coming down there to basically see, you know what was going on down there helping people build houses and things like that yeah so basically you have two different types of groups that could be involved and there is the third too if they have that inter an internship program so okay they use like um college age kids who 
you spend like the whole summer there or up to a year and you're the ones who are like taking the groups out and leading the trips, which I also did that for a summer, which is like a super cool opportunity to get to know so many people to really serve and invest and be challenged um, from the word and challenge in your like teammate teamwork stuff, like all of that. It's a really good opportunity and good then, way to spend a summer. And then what was the shortest term thing? That would be like, so yeah, sorry, let's clarify. Yeah, so there, there are go. three ways that you can be involved. Um, the first way would be to just go as like a member of a group. And so you can go and experience the program, go and um, hear the teaching and build the houses and stuff. You can take a church group anywhere from like just a couple people to like a hundred. Mm -hmm. um, or you could also do the internship program, which is anywhere from three months to 15 months. And that's like, I think it's 18 to 28 is what they shoot for, um, where you're in a leadership position as an intern, helping lead the groups to build the houses and taking them around Tijuana, translating some, you like pick up Spanish while you're there. And it's a pretty intensive discipleship program. Um, and then there are also long-term staff, like administrative staff that help keep things going. And um, yeah. Yeah, just kind of be involved to uh, help facilitate all of these yes. groups that are coming down. Right. Uh, and that's what your parents did. Yep, that's what my parents did. Gotcha. Okay, so that's kind of how it works. I, I think I, I think I have a pretty good visual of what that would look like. So you would either you would come down as a short term team, uh, and then you're kind of the ones being that the program is geared towards to try to mobilize you towards going overseas to do missions. Mm -hmm. Or you could be on the other side where you're either doing a three to fifteen month internship, or you're there long term staff to try to mobilize right. all the groups that are coming down uh, to help w while they're building houses and doing team building and things like that. Your job is to try to uh, speak into their life, to try to show them the lack of access to the gospel right. of all these different people groups so that they get mobilized to go to the unreached. To the unreached. Is like right? the real emphasis. Okay. So if you're listening to this podcast, then you love the Lord and you love missions and you're interested in this stuff. I really would recommend um, something like this for you and like taking your family down or a group down, it really can be helpful and enlightening. Gotcha. Well, hopefully by the time this releases, there will be like 250 people listening to you right now. Hey, that's I'm sorry. I had to listen to me this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very interesting. And so I guess to kind of finish this out, um, what I like to do is if there's any kind of stories that of, you know, things that happen, it doesn't even have to be like uh, somebody came to Christ or anything like that, but just like, uh, a story that that you found super interesting or, uh, you know, and thinking about you specifically, like different people that came out of that program and either were like mobilized towards missions or, you know, came back from it just a changed person because of the ministry. Uh, so, yeah. Do you have any any stories that come to mind from that? You know, honestly, as I think about my um, journey towards church planning um, in an unreached people group. It really was all springboarded from this experience at this mission. Um, 12 year old girl, big plans to be a famous singer or a nurse, you know, kind of in between there mm -hmm. and interested in missions, but not really sure. And then seeing the real need for the unreached, seeing that church planning is this long term solution to every short term issue we have human trafficking or orphan care or abuse or 
the opioid epidemic, like anything as I thought about like what or what thing could I be involved with, Lord? What should I have? What is the long-term solution to all of that? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's the Holy Spirit changing lives. And so mm-hmm. church planning as like a long-term generational thing, generational change that that is what's really going to change life and help with all these other like felt needs that we're seeing now. And we're like overwhelmed by the needs of the world, but like church planning is what's really going to be a long-term factor there. So I would say, yeah, through the years, like being able to go back and be refreshed by that truth. And now as we're like looking towards like finish Bible school, finish the training, also got married, which was cool and had the cutest baby. Um, (laughs) now like headed towards the mission and field. she likes me too which is great guys, usually babies don't like me so. it's very cute they're pals um yeah looking forward to what god has done god really has used this mobilization ministry to get me to where i am today so pretty crazy and probably yeah who would have thought that uh something like that would have uh mobilized you to want to do a church plant in the middle of the jungle, basically. I know. It's crazy. So. Also, I just do want to say that I was 12 years old. Like, do not undermine, like, sharing truth and sharing, like, heavy, hard things with young people because you don't know how God's going to use that in someone's life. Mm-hmm. I was only 12, and yet, like, now, like, 15, 16 years later, like, here we are. And so you never know how, like, a seed gets planted, even when you're young, and how that will grow into something. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that could even apply to if somebody's listening to this who has kids that are, you know, that age or, yeah. You know, uh, it's always important to, you know, not, not, uh, expect that just because they're young, they, they could never handle that kind of totally. Uh, and my dad that. telling us about the persecuted church, like, let's like prepare our children. This is the world we live in. This is a fallen world. And this is why we need to cling to the gospel to like love the Lord and to really, um, be earnest about wanting to share him with other people. Yeah. Well, cool. So before I just kind of wrap this up, is there any other kind of uh, closing thoughts that you had for any of the listeners out there today? Just, can you even like imagine what your life would be like without knowing the Lord, without having a Bible, without having a church, without having any Christian friends, like no access at all. Like, laying your head down every night wondering if you had done enough good works or if you had appeased the spirits enough or whatever your belief system may be and never being totally sure of what's going to happen if you're going to die. That's terrifying. Yeah. Like, let's just have some compassion for the lost. We must pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers because... The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So let's like all leave this. Go to the Joshua Project, you know, like go and yeah. see how many orange people groups there are and pick one and start praying for one. Mm-hmm. It's not like, I don't mean to say it's the least you can do, but it's like the first huge thing we can do. Ask God to send people in. Man, only in heaven will we be able to really see the fruit of years of prayer. That is a really good point and a huge testament to the fact that if you haven't found your niche in the Great Commission yet, then one of the biggest things that you can do is just start a prayer ministry. Actually, just pick a ministry that you really want to focus on, whether it be a people group that is yet to be reached with the gospel uh, or just one of you, a missionary that you really want to support through prayer. 
uh, and just follow their story and try to pray for uh, the things that they need each day and each week. Um, I know for my team over here and myself included, um, I have a pretty large prayer team that every single week they get the prayer update that I send to them and they pray for the different requests that I put up there. And then I, and then I show praises for the things that God has already done. Uh, so it's just cool to be able to have a team like that backing me as I'm learning language and culture in the country that I'm in. And so, yeah, I would uh, totally concur with that. And then, like, like uh, Anne was saying, if you're interested in this mobilization kind of ministry, then just get in touch with me. Uh, my email's in the show notes. And we can get you in touch with Anne uh, to become a part of mobilizing people towards the Great Commission. But for my teaser for next month's episode, uh, it's going to look a little bit different this time because what I want to tell you is that for the podcast right now, uh, it's not coming to a stop, but it is probably going to be coming to a pause. And so if you're listening to this five years from now and it's already picked back up again, then disregard this. But basically for right now, uh, because language learning and culture learning takes so much time, uh, it is something that I'm probably going to have to pause. I have one more episode that is in the vault, and I'll be able to upload that next month. But for after that, I will have to put it on pause until I'm done with the language learning because the language learning process is actually a very busy time, and so doing a podcast is really not feasible. But I still have one more episode that I would like to release for you all, and that is about refugee ministry. And so I've kind of saved one of the most interesting conversations until last. And so if you're interested to hear about refugee ministry, uh, then tune in to the last episode that I'm going to be offering uh, on this podcast for quite a while, probably. We had a very interesting conversation about what refugee ministry actually looks like, why it's so important, and, and how it's actually a really cool ministry for bringing people closer to, lo- closer to the Lord as they uh, come into this new country that they've never seen before. And so, yeah, if that interests you, uh, we will see you next month. Say the filling station. Say the filling station. Say the filling station.